Over 200,000 people in Philadelphia are using the Citizen Crime Reporting app, and Keller Williams is ending profit sharing for defectors. Tune in to Tool Time right now. I'm Tom Tool. She's Jess Lyon, victim of the flu, so not feeling great today. <laughs> Still here. Very important. Hopefully I don't get sick again. That's what I'm most concerned about. Well, we're <laughs> yeah, we, I need like a biohazard suit. Sorry. So we are back on tool time here. Got some interesting stuff going on locally, real interesting stuff going on in the real estate world. So let's get started. Jess is on a limited amount of time here. Let's go. So we'll make this happen. <laughs> yes. So the, the Citizen app, if you don't know what the Citizen app is, it's an app you can download in the city of Philadelphia to self-report crime if you're seeing something yeah. happening. And right now there's an estimate of about 200,000 people in Philadelphia using the app. And there's an opinion that came out from David Morrill on Philly Mag. And I haven't read this in a while because print, print is dead, but luckily we're on the Internet here. And he is saying that if you're a good citizen, delete the app. Because crowdsourcing live footage of crime scenes doesn't make you a superhero. It makes you a voyeur. What do you think about all this? This is the app, and that's usually what the kind of footage is. I was scrolling through, and from what I saw, it doesn't really show a crime taking place. It is a crime after it's taken place. So from behind the caution tape lines, um, I think that if you are seeing a crime take place, you should absolutely not be taking a video. You should be calling 911 or helping a person. Um, but this is really just stirring the pot. It's not really doing anything good. I think it's just people watching drama, people wanting to be paparazzi maybe. I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't used the app, right? So I, I'm, yeah. I appreciate you showing it to me here, which is great. Uh, the statement here by, the, by this author, I mean, this is clickbait if I ever read this. So if yeah. you're, you're a voyeur, if you report crime, well, sometimes this stuff needs to get reported. I mean, Philadelphia police officers have a lot going on. And a good citizen reporting a crime, I don't think it's a bad thing. I agree with you that you should be calling 911 first. That's what it's there for, to alert the police. That's uh, And I, I haven't heard this app really take off that well anywhere else. I'm not aware of that. I'd have to do a little more research. Um, to me... Calling people voyeurs because they're taking a video of something. What if they're in like a building like that's far away and they can't go and help right away? Or what if their friend's calling nine one one and then you want to? Vi- so I, I don't I don't think it's as simple as what this author's saying. And this this looks to me like like a, like another clickbait ad that you see here. Um, have you had to use the app before? I mean, or do you know I've never had to use the app. I just heard about it. Um, but that's a good point that you're making because I guess all the angles that police can get that's happening from crime. I, the more the better, right? So connecting dots, helping out with the, the story and seeing what had happened, that's understandable. Um, but I, I don't know. There was a, if you read through the article, there was a situation where these guys were filming this woman walking along and there was someone clearly stalking her. And 911 had been called um, and they went up to the woman with the camera and the guy had the the criminal had her like pinned up against the car and then these two guys that were filming um caused him to like run away so they did help so well i, I mean i i get the point that there, to me you call the police first like yeah. i don't think there's any question about that here i mean i've seen some crazy stuff happen when i lived in the city and certainly calling the police first is 
the the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I think you know then it's you know when you're videoing something. I think there is there is some relevant data there. I mean, it's kind of when you look at some of these every angles. I mean, now there's cameras everywhere, yeah. so I mean, it's not like police don't have access to stuff that's on the streets and that sort of thing. And the technology is pretty good. Um, it's just I you know I don't know that calling people voyeurs for doing that is the right thing. And I also don't know if people are using the app properly. I mean, because these apps get abused. I mean, people look at, like, cell phones as, like, toys now. So I don't know that it's a good idea even to have an app like this. And, like, New York came out and said that, hey, crimes in progress should be handled by the NYPD, not a vigilante with a cell phone. I respect that a lot more coming from a police officer than I do from someone writing for Philly Mag. So, um you know, it, it's uh, and and the apps in New York right now in 2016, they called it, and then they like called it vigilante because mm-hmm. people were, um, you know, recording things and I, you know it just seems like that if law enforcement doesn't want it, why are we using it? Yeah. I mean, it's just another resource and they got enough problems. Why don't you let them handle things their own way so they can actually catch criminals versus dealing with apps and stalkers and whatever you want to call it? So I mean, I, I think the fundamental flaw here is that it's not. This needs to be like a police directive, not something that the city thinks they should use. I think people who are using it are using it, like, not to say that they're just doing it so people can, like, maybe watch what they're posting and maybe, like, get more followers. And I don't know if it's a follower situation, but it doesn't... If it is, they should just shut the thing down right now. That's stupid. Yeah, I think that might be the case here. All right, so... Call nine one one is the uh, is the is the thing we're, we're or the non emergency line if it's not an emergency. I, I actually am a big proponent of that. Um, so the exciting stuff I want to talk about for a real estate geek like me is that Keller Williams came out and they're going to end their lifelong profit share program for people that defect from the company, specifically EXP CEO Glenn Sanford. Used to be a Keller Williams agent, and back in 2018, Gary Keller, who's the CEO of Keller Williams, challenged all the EXP agents that were formerly with KW to give back the million in profit sharing they received from the company since they moved. So what do you think about all this? Well, from what we had talked about, good luck getting that million dollars back. That's what I think. (laughs) Um, Probably already spent. I'm surprised that this was even a part of the agreement where if you leave the company, you're still getting paid out. So, like, I, I just don't understand how that was even a thing in the first place. And it makes sense for them to end it completely. Well, it, it looks like that what – I mean, if you're going to leave the company, I, I think you got to be care- particular about the language here. Not so much leaving the company, more if you're going to a competitor, mm. all bets are off, right? Like, I mean, that to me is – Something that probably should have been in there because you're not going to keep. Not everyone's going to stay at one company forever. That just doesn't happen. Um, certainly, there's a lot of reasons to stay at your company because it disrupts your business when you're moving, and then you got to rebrand and it costs money and all that. Uh, the reason people are making the move from EXP to Keller Williams is because there's less overhead involved. Uh, maybe they like the direction of the company more. Sometimes splits are more favorable. I mean, I've seen, and I don't know what your observations have been, I've seen more brokerage-to-brokerage movement in the past 18 months than I've ever seen for 19 years. Um, I I, I see a lot of people looking for a magic bullet right now, and there's a lot of disruptors in the marketplace, like Compass and these other companies, too. So um, it looks like Gary Keller got a little out-businessed here. I'm surprised, too. I mean, it seems like it would be common sense to have this clause in the contract or whatever it was. But I feel like it's a big waste of money. Well, it, I mean, they're not going to get the money back. I can, I can guarantee you on that. So as of April 1st, if you uh, defect from the company, um, then 
it's um it, it and the policy is not retroactive. So as of April first, it only applies to associates that join on or after April first. So wow. So, so I mean, there there could be people now that that could leave. I mean, I, I get what he's saying. I just don't know how this is part of the agreement. And I, I think the bigger issue for them isn't so much the profit sharing because the way the profit share works. I mean, it's you know that they. they when a deal closes, right? Mm-hmm. My phone just will not stop ringing. <clears throat> when a deal closes, if a Keller Williams agent hasn't met their cap, they um, the company dollar gets paid to the market center. So the split that gets taken, because they'll get capped at how much of a split the company's going to take each year. And then the market center uses that money to pay op costs, so operating, operating costs, and whatever's left over is profits, and that gets shared back with the associates who help the company uh, recruit and bring on agents and that sort of thing. So that's how it works. And I, I the challenge I see, I mean, EXP is growing very rapidly right now. Right. So they had 10,000 agents join last year. They had 2,000 in January. And another, it looks like another 2,000 that will be joining in February. Uh, and there was just a major announcement that a 900-person independent brokerage in Arizona is going to EXP as well. Um, they're in the Phoenix suburbs. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think this, this problem is going away for Keller Williams. No, absolutely not. And maybe the reason, I mean, I would be thinking that they had that agreement in there was to attract more agents for the, for the profit sharing. Well, they did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, EXP has a downline. You build out your downline, you make money from it. Keller Williams was built on that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but well. they would have had to expect that they were going to be losing agents I don't know if they thought they'd lose them at the rate that they are. I mean, and, and, and the, the Keller Williams is doing fine as a company. Like, that's not the issue. It's just that there a lot of people went to EXP because EXP has a really similar setup to Keller Williams. So it's the funny thing I see here, it's like, well, we, we challenge you to give the money back because you're doing this, setting up your company the same way we did when we founded ours. <laughs> like, what, what are they supposed to do? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not I, – I know Gary Keller's not anti-entrepreneur, so, I mean – it's a, it's a tough thing, and I don't think it's going to stop for him because it's not going to be a retroactive policy. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But the bigger threat here to, to me is EXP continuing siphoning people off from them because they're built on similar principles where they share profit um, for recruiting. And, and there's some people— What is Williams going to do to get a leg up on them? Well, and, and the challenge I have with this is that what it does, it takes the agents away from selling real estate, and now all they're doing is recruiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, what, what makes That's an a good agent— point. What makes an agent money is— Selling, selling houses. houses. So, um, you know, it, it, it'll be, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting to see how this plays out because sure. with that, with that, with that revelation real estate moving to EXP, and they closed almost 6,000 sales last year. That's insane. And they have 900 agents. I mean, that's, that's a big one. That's big numbers there. So, uh, this is going to continue to be a problem for them for sure. And for the exist, I mean, it's great that they're making the change, but what are the existing agents going to say? I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a tough, KW's in a tough spot there. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So I had to come up with a motivational quote this week. Thank you. No I problem. I appreciate you. So Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a um, lot of le- a leadership author, great stuff. That's probably his, his, his best and most famous one. Awesome quote here. Um, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's the quote? That's the quote. <laughs> The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. This, to me, is saying put your blinders on, don't get distracted, and double down on what your goal is. 
um, kind of tune out all of the outside noise. And if there's anything or anyone who's trying to take you from that path, then you got to cut them out. That's what this is saying to me. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a nice extreme. I mean, cutting people out is pretty extreme, but I like it. So you I think do that, it. There are, I, I there think are, I said that last week too, but well, you got to cut them out. Well, there are distractors and, and, and time energy sucking vampires and all that sort of stuff. What, what I see from this and when you look at, like organizations or um, the the book the uh, four disciplines of execution right okay. so um, that one one of the disciplines is what focusing well I'll, I'll give you the first one because it's relevant here okay. I can talk about this all day um, focusing on your the most important goals like the big hairy audacious goals whatever you want to call them and what a lot of times happens to companies is that they have like ten things they want to enact and it's way too broad it's not specific enough. Versus maybe only having two or three things you're trying to get done. There's studies out there that when you're focusing on two or three big, big goals, big objectives, big, hairy, audacious goals, whatever you want to call them, you can get done the two to three. When you focus on four to 11, you're only going to get done one to two. And when you focus on more than 11, you're not going to get done anything. Mm -hmm. So if you're having trouble keeping the main thing, the main thing, like you said, Maybe you're focusing on something that's too that, that's like a battle. It's not the war. Like your big goals need to win the war, and the battles are the initiatives to hit those goals, right? So yeah. to me, it's um, a great example of this is when John F. Kennedy um, with NASA, he, uh, when he was elected president in the 60s, he came out and said, we have one goal. We're going to land someone on the moon by the end of the decade and get them home safe. And this went from NASA's goals of like, we want to explore space and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't – it was not – from X to Y by when. Like, that's a formula to hit a goal very specifically. So you've got a goal for this year. So you want to mm-hmm. sell X amount of houses by the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. So that's the main thing, right? And and, and a lot of people, they have these sort of ob- um, not not objective, but they're not, they're not concrete. It's not specific. It's not measurable. And that's where you can get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I feel like if you're doing – getting distracted, doing all these other little side projects or – other goals, smaller goals, it really won't move the needle towards the big one. I think that's documented. That's exactly yeah. what he's talking about here. And, and um, I mean, it's when, when and they're time wasters a lot of the time, too. Well, maybe you, just keeping busy. Well, we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago where it's like you need to ask yourself, like, do I need to do this now or ever? Right. Like if you ask yourself that question about something you're kind of on the fence about, that's going to be a really good way to self-evaluate. And you know, with this, the, the, the focus on the main objectives, it kind of gets you away from like the day-to-day stuff that you still got to get done that runs like your business or your whatever your, your family, you know, whatever you're trying to do. And that needs to happen, but there needs to be time set aside to work on the, the things that are like important. Like there's urgent, which is the whirlwind. And then there's important, which is like the big goals that you're trying to work on. Got it. Very cool. I like that one. Came through for you. Thank you. See you guys next week.